Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Warning. This episode contains foul language, descriptions of death, and may cause an existential crisis. Listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week, we sit down with a special guest and we talk about something weird. And this week, we are discussing the big old crazy topic of reincarnation, the science, spirituality, and therapeutic revelations of past lives and experiences that are just so fascinating, we may never stop talking. So get comfy, (laughs) grab a LaCroix, and let's jump in. My name is Lauren, and as always, I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. Thanks for calling me pretty. You sure are. (laughs) And today, we're joined by a very beautiful as well and <laughs> marvelous i have to call everyone that no, i'm just kidding and marvelous gal pal of ours laura larue hi weirdo hi i promise that i will try to call you each by your god-given name of oh, lauren and laura because oh, i do that all the time where i call you lauren and i call her laura yeah it i've gotten a little yeah. bit better because i see you every day of my life but <laughs> <laughs> it still happens and i apologize yes i feel like Hi, i've laura. been encountering this problem since uh kindergarten same there's always been laura's and mm-hmm. lauren's in the same class yep uh so it's something you live I with i know this is it's just part of our lives mm-hmm. this is what our parents cursed us it with. sends me into a blind rage on the inside but yeah. i'll be cool about but it on we'll this be podcast. smiling at you on top <laughs> i had <laughs> nervous three laughter. I had five Ashleys in my Spanish class in my junior year. Three of us were Ashley Nicole something. Dear God. That's crazy. So (laughs) what? Excuse me. Mother. My mom was like a a baby nurse. What are they called? OBGYN. She wasn't an OBGYN. She was a baby nurse. She was like the nurse 
practitioner in the OBGYN office at the time that I was born. So it was like, you fucking knew how many Ashley Nicoles there were in this <laughs> godforsaken town. And you still called me that. You witch. You damn witch. Anyways. Yeah, that's plain. No resentment there. <laughs> no resentment there. No, no I'm totally it. fine. I'm totally fine with my <laughs> stupid name that everyone has. Laura, what do you do? I work in the entertainment industry in production. Um, yeah. Been out here for about seven years now. I'm from Illinois, Midwest. Yes. Yes. Midwest love. <laughs> yeah, from uh, the Chicagoland area. I could say Chicago, but like then people ask, and then I'm like, well, I'm 30 minutes outside of Chicago, and they're like, oh, you're, so if you're at least not just really 30 minutes, though. People stretch it to like two hours, and that's they're like, true. I'm from Chicago. Just kidding. I'm from Peoria. Like, it's not even close. Right. I mean, that's a lot easier than describing where Peoria is in Illinois. It's true. Just say Chicago. 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 And then that's the end of, <laughs> that's the end. I like that we all had to do the accent. Yeah. Chicago. It was a nice <laughs> harmony there. You don't have quite as thick a dialect as miss hanselman no (laughs) like you meet a man you're like you're from chicago um so you're in the entertainment industry you're in production yes you've been out here for seven years you went to college with me i did we went to siuc i almost said e which would be ridiculous because that's not where we went we went to siuc together boo edwardsville yay carbon yeah edwardsville sucks we called it um what do we call it siu it was like the fake SIU, but I don't remember the name. That Do you remember the name we had No, for I don't it? think I knew SIU. about this. Damn. I'll think of it halfway through this episode and, and I'll just, just shout it. it. Yeah, just shout it out. I'm just going to shout it. It doesn't matter what topic we're on. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. What was I going to say? Something about reincarnation. I mean, the reason I think you asked me on this podcast yes. is <laughs> because I've always expressed a interest in reincarnation you have i have had dreams myself uh past lives that i chalk up to just my dreams because i have some really intense dreams yeah but it's something that i've always thought wouldn't it be neat if, if like i had all these past, past yeah that when i go into an old house i could turn around and be like oh my god this is where i used to churn butter or something <laughs> Churn butter. Churn butter. I do love the idea of that. I mean, it's like what we always say on the show. Isn't it more fun to believe than to not believe and just say, it's probably just a dream. It's more fun to say, I lived these crazy past lives. Mm -hmm. You know those dreams, though, that are like so insanely detailed and vivid that you're just like. That had to be real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what the hell was that? What was that? I've definitely had dreams. This is kind of weird and this is totally off subject, but I've definitely had dreams and like I started keeping a journal because locations that I've been in my dreams, I've actually gone to in my real life. And now there have been two that I have written down and then like six months later. It's nothing important. It's like, oh, in my dream, I go to this gas station to buy an elephant and I leave and I describe that. And like the gas station. And then it's something more specific than a gas station. Sure. <laughs> uh, the first one I described was an Airbnb we stayed in in Italy. Oh, wow. And it was like, yeah, it was That's a random cool. dream. We went up the staircase. We looked on this balcony. And then when we went to Italy, it was, oh, I know the staircase. I've been, I've been on this balcony. This is weird. But I dreamt this. Yeah, I like that. It's always that's nice cool. too when you've written it down. Yeah. Because that's a big thing with dreams is that there are literal dreams that feel like recurring dreams Mm -hmm. but aren't even recurring dreams you just in the dream you feel like you've been there before and you haven't even you haven't even been there before it's just like a 
I'm married to a skeptic and an atheist. So when I would tell him like, oh my God, I totally did this. He goes, you know, that's just, it's all in your brain. Like it's just a that's scientific. They've already proved this. So then when you could pull out your diary yeah, and be I like, like, actually, look at, this. look at this, sir. I did those two things. He's just gone, huh, that's weird. <laughs> oh my well, gosh. Just a little, huh. Interesting. Hmm. I love wow. him so much, but he is such a skeptic. Uh, but he puts up with my hoodoo and my voodoo and my spiritualism. As long as he still <laughs> he's a loves good sport. you. And, yeah, he goes for it. My husband's he's a good the same way. He it. hates it all, but as long as he stays with me and listens to me yeah. ramble on, that's fine. Joe yeah. is the same way, but I've, I think I've converted him. You've changed him a little bit. Like, <laughs> he's actually kind of going for it now. Yeah. He's kind of going for it. And he's, still, and he's also like starting to have his own experiences where he's like, God damn it. Ashley, what have you brought? <laughs> no, what did you do to me? Anyways. My water wasn't sitting there, Penny. It's I don't need that table. Penny's kind of just taken over the living room today. So (laughs) if you hear uh, shouting her name, she's probably got her claws in my foot. Got her claws in (laughs) Laura's foot. See, look, there you go. I did it. Oh my god, good job. I did it. So this week we're talking about reincarnation. Who believes in it? Why they believe in it? Theories, the science, and even some like crazy real world stories. And as per usual on this show, we are going to be talking about like our research and we're going to be talking about things that we don't necessarily believe in fully ourselves, although we may have been swayed while doing the research (laughs) (laughs) one way or the other for this episode. But we are just presenting it as this is what we've learned while we've researched this show. I always like to say that when we're Dipping into things like religion. Sure. Because I'm going to be talking today myself. I'm talking a lot about religion. And I definitely want to just stress that like just talking about religion. Yep. I have no I have no stake in this. I have no horse in this race. Mm -hmm. I have no cat on this table. Oh, I'm just talking I'm about going down. <laughs> false. You do have a cat on false, the table. I do have the cat on the table. Anyway, so yeah, we're just reading our research. We're sharing info mm-hmm. with you and each other. Take it for what it yeah. is. Yeah, have I some mean, fun today, with it, people. Yeah, today's yeah. not going to be too much. I'm not shitting on Christianity as much as I usually do. So I think we should be. <laughs> oh, bummer. <laughs> we should be okay. Darn. But just in case I do once or twice. Disclaimer. Okay. <laughs> Disclaimer right now at the beginning of the episode. So I'm going to be focusing on the religious aspects and the implications of reincarnation. And I think when most people think of religions who believe in reincarnation, they think of like Buddhism, Hinduism, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Which, yes, but also it's important to understand that every single religion, even just spiritualism, believes in some sort of reincarnation because reincarnation simply means a new version of something of the past. So whether that means you're born into a new physical body in this dimension or you're born into a new state of being after death, They're both describing reincarnation. So technically Christians who believe in dying and then passing on to another form and going to heaven. That's a form of still reincarnation. reincarnation. Uh, But today we're focusing more on the type of reincarnation that is more literal, more more like past lives living again or or future lives, et cetera, et cetera. You know, life after death life. Yeah. Sort of. In a heavenly an afterlife. sense. Yeah, or the hell. afterlife. It's kind of an afterlife. Yeah, it, it depends kind what of kind of person you are. Yeah, it kind of, it's kind of weird after like doing this research because I thought I had all of my terms down 
And then I did the research and I was like, I, you'll <laughs> everything's, see. It, everything's you know I mean? like completely jumbled. <laughs> so the subject of reincarnation has been around since pretty much the beginning of time. The Greeks wrote about reincarnation. The Druids taught a uh, doctrine of reincarnation. But it's kind of unclear whether or not it was, it popped up organically in all these different places or if it was passed on due to like cultures meeting each other. Yeah. But um, there's also the idea of being reborn in Norse mythology um, throughout the Middle Ages in Europe and even some Jewish religions, well, sects like Kabbalah, which mm-hmm. is not really a religion. Hey, <laughs> It's like hipster Judaism. Hipster Judaism. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they they even teach the belief in transmigration of souls, which you did a little bit of research on. A little bit. I have a pretty crazy transmigration story hopefully we can get to today. But when we're talking about the most like literal translation of reincarnation, most people think Buddhists and Hinduism and that they believe that you die and you come back as a cow and that's why they don't eat burgers. That's also not accurate <laughs> at all. And I honestly thought that too. That's I was like, like a that's sum why, up. Yeah. A <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, that's why they don't yeah. eat meat because they think you could come back as a cow. <laughs> no. So there are forms of Buddhism that do believe in that kind of reincarnation, but they're very, very few and far between. Mm-hmm. Even like Tibetan Buddhists, they don't necessarily believe that you're going to come back as like, a locust or something but Mm -hmm. they do believe that the buddha like broke off into a thousand pieces and is constantly re like being reborn oh so this is really fascinating i didn't know any of this and that they're constantly seeking out like baby buddhas to train to be like tibetan monks to eventually become the dalai lama so they're trying to find people that they believe have a have little bit of the, a Buddha, bit of the in Buddha in them. And then that's how they eventually become the Dalai Whoa. Lama. And how the, do they differentiate? I yeah. have no idea. How do they find the baby Buddhas? <laughs> I actually like truly after do- doing like this sliver of research, I'm like, I have to figure this out. Like I have to read books and books and books on the Dalai Lama because yeah. I did not understand what it was. And now I'm fascinated. I have heard something about that a little bit when they're picking kids who supposedly have like a little bit of Buddha in them. I love that phrase now. <laughs> a little bit, of, a little bit, little bit, bit of, Buddha. of Buddha in you. Yeah, um, Buddha in but they set out like a variety of toys, only one of which belonged to like the previous Dalai Lama. And like oh. the kids will go and choose their toys. And if one chooses chooses the, the, the Dalai Lama's toy oh. then oh. interesting a little, a little bit of Buddha in them yeah, a little a bit little of Buddha, Buddha in yeah <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that to people when they do something like really nice they'll be like you get a little Buddha in you <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna touch their belly so and then I'm gonna get my hand chopped off because yep. no one likes that nobody, nobody wants no their belly history. touched once their belly touched including Buddha yeah. <laughs> like Buddha was even like, like could you not away from could me could you not that's what you remember me for you rub my tummy the my tummy great it was a long summer. <laughs> I had some indigestion. Hey, what, indigestion. One time. Lots of snacks. I was sitting <laughs> cross-legged. Anyways, so there's actually, this is just kind of like a side note that I think is really interesting. There's a, an 11-year-old, yeah, there's an 11-year-old boy in Minnesota 
Minnesota. Right now, Minnesota. Oh yeah, who's been chosen by the Dalai Lama as one of the new Buddhas? What? Excuse me. And well, he is a Tibetan monk. Oh. Apparently, oh, Minnesota has the second largest Tibetan monk community Since in the United States. What? <laughs> what? I want to go Where are there. they? I did not. What are they doing? Oh, Interesting. So usually, when these baby Buddhas are found, <laughs> they get taken to you know, like the Himalayas to. To train for like 10, 15 years, and then they get sent back to wherever they were found to to be a Tibetan monk. Mm-hmm. However, this Dalai Lama, the current Dalai Lama, he's the 14th, and he's super rad, really into him. Um, He actually wants him to like continue living there and like live a normal kid's life. And then once he hits like maybe 17, 18, they'll take him to the Himalayas and like train him for 10 years and then send him back to Minnesota. But there's like really adorable pictures of him reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid, like in his like Tibetan monk garb. How old is he? That is adorable. He's 11 now. I'm pretty sure he was eight or nine when he was chosen, though, to be discovered. The little baby Buddha. Little oh, baby Buddha. my gosh. Reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I know. It's little, so like, cute. Beautiful. I'll show it to you. If you That's remember, precious. I will show you this picture of this adorable little guy. And that, you know, that like, the, what the Dalai Lama wears. I don't know what it's called. It's like the orange and red. Yeah. Yeah, the robes. Yeah, yeah. robes. Love it. That's so great. Super fascinating. Anyway, back to what we're <laughs> here to talk about. So Buddhist reincarnation is not what everyone thinks it is. It's not so much that you're going to die and become an animal or die and become another person, but they believe essentially that there are 10 different realms of being. The Buddha, obviously, at the top, and then the very bottom is essentially hell. And um, the goal is essentially to get as close to Buddha as possible. But they're more mental and spiritual states of beings and not realms as in, like, dimensions. Okay. For example... The states of mind are created by our thoughts, actions, and our words. So, like, the realm of human beings has all of the states of being, from hell to Buddha. Like, man is at the same time capable of real selfishness, which creates his own hell, or is truly compassionate, reflecting the compassion of the Buddha. So, when you hear people talk about having, like, an old soul... That's referring to the fact that you have already evolved through several of these realms or these states of mind, whether in this lifetime or 20, depending on how, what kind of reincarnation you believe in. So like new souls have a much harder time navigating the world. Um, What realm you live in depends on how you live. So if you're hungry for power, love, attention, self-recognition, you live in what's known as the Pareta world. And you're known as a hungry soul. So these are very needy people, very attention-seeking, um, desperate people. If you are motivated only by the thirsts of the human organism, you're existing in the world of the beast. So if you're a sex addict, if you're a drug addict, um, that's a different level of state of being as well. Hmm. So if you're very... I like to think of it as like people who are warm and compassionate and have empathy. They're a lot closer to Buddha than, say, the people like Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. screaming about building a wall and sure. how... He's like, definitely in his being own personal afraid, Yeah, <laughs> being afraid 100%. of, like, other... In terms of skin color, race, sexual right. orientation, yeah. those people seem like they just... They're not quite close to where they need to be yeah. to reach 
Buddha or Nirvana or heaven if you're a Christian and you call it heaven. So like within one lifetime, you can actually rise all the way to the realm of the Buddha or you can fall all the way to hell and you can do that several times. Mm. Like you see people who have become addicted to something and beat that addiction and ended up, you know, dying of an overdose. Right. Because they have like got they have risen to the top and then fallen and all then the way to the bottom, down. which is really sad. Yeah. Um, but the goal is to become completely at peace, completely enlightened, completely one, if you will. And then you break that cycle and you can move on to the next realm. And when it comes to Buddhas or Buddhists, rather, they don't know, like they don't have a next realm. They don't have like an afterlife. It's just here on this it's earth. Here, like here on this done. earth. But the thing is, is like even if they believe in like the actual physical reincarnation, like you get you reincarnate and you're born again until you have reached Buddha. Mm hmm. But there's no, they don't know what happens after that. They just know that that is the goal. That is why we are here is to reach Buddha, mm -hmm. reach like total enlightenment. And then you become the universe. Oh, but what does that mean? Nice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it sounds like it's not like Christianity great. where it's like, you'll have gold. You'll be in paradise. You'll, right. you'll, yeah. yeah. Be, be in, in paradise. Clouds. You'll it's be the in a transcending beach. of like wanting. Yeah. yeah. Like you'll be at peace. You won't want anything. So you'll kind of just, just, just be. You'll just be. You'll be happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you'll just be you'll just stars. Be I don't know. Be like, the stars. <laughs> I can get into that. I know. So that's pretty cool. It's And I actually learned like when I was researching after i was reading about buddhism they essentially believe in the law of conservation of energy only this was thousands of years before that was a thing so law of conservation of energy is that energy cannot be created or destroyed it just right. is yeah and so that's what they mean when they say like become one with the universe or become one with the world you live in it's just that like we are constantly sharing every organism on the planet is sharing energy to and from each other. Mm -hmm. So when they're say, you know, become one, it's sort of like realize that you are no more important than the cockroach crawling across the floor right now. Just kidding. Don't <laughs> do that. We could say like something like a lotus flower. A lotus flower. <laughs> That's sure. nice too. So much Did you better. like my dad joke? That, that was, was real good. I made that up on the spot. So <laughs> dads everywhere are, <laughs> are You're loving it. Cackling. Cackling. So essentially Buddhism is the exact same as Christianity, only they're better. <laughs> <laughs> there is such a hard bias in this episode. <laughs> we started with the disclaimer and it's been all like, downhill hey, from here. I had to have a say horse something. in the race. Then you're like, this one's better for sure. <laughs> well, there's not as many bigots in the Buddhist community. It doesn't right. sound like, like you can to. be. I mean, if you are, like, you're in your own personal hell. Like, That's true. Yeah. So like, if you're a good ascend, Buddhist, you'll be damn happy. It. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just ascend, um, man. Jesus. <laughs> so in the same way Christians want to live a holy life and want their thoughts and actions to mirror that of their God or Jesus to ultimately die and are welcomed into the realm of heaven, Buddhists are the exact same. They just call their teacher or their Jesus Buddha Mm -hmm. And their heaven is sort of like the universe. Yeah. It's not necessarily Stars. like a place in the Ooh. cloud. So mm, when it comes to like who believes in reincarnation and who doesn't, major denominations of Christianity actually reject the concept of reincarnation. Although there was some study done and at least 30% of American Christians 
believe in reincarnation and 50% of European Christians believe in reincarnation. So, and it's actually really well documented. There was this ancient early Christian times theologist who, this is like common, well, not common knowledge. I don't think like the average Joe on the street knows this in terms of uh, theologists right now. It's common knowledge that there were texts that were mistranslated into Latin due to a religious bias that taught reincarnation. This ancient Christian times theologian. Is that Uh how you say it? Theologian? Yeah. Theologian? I'll I'll allow it. (laughs) Theologist? We're going to agree. We're going to allow it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's one thing people really need to remember about a lot of religions, but Christianity and Catholicism, especially the Bible was rewritten and retranslated over a hundred times. And it was rewritten and retranslated by people who were in power and had a reason to rewrite and retranslate things to serve themselves. Yeah. So they were not anywhere near Buddha. <laughs> no, not even close. They were creating not their own personals. <laughs> they were in the land of the beast, realm of the beast. Is that what it's called? Anyways, that does sound like a fun party zone, though. <laughs> Realm of the Beast. Realm of the Beast. Realm it actually, the honestly, beast. every time I read it, I was reminded of what we do in the shadows. Beast. What part? Beast. His ex-wife or his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> the Beast. She calls her the Beast. I think I just spoiled the that like part. The big surprise. Me. fine. Whatever. If you haven't seen it yet, what are you doing who, with your who life? Who even are you? <laughs> Why are you listening to this show? We talk be... about it on almost every episode. <laughs> we People have, should we've brought it up there so should many be times. movie requirements for this show. Oh, like, if you want to be a, a fan, you Exorcist have 3 to is top of the list. <laughs> Exorcist 3, I talk about it actually, all the time. That's actually the most talked about, and then what we do in the shadows. And then what we do in the shadows. And then maybe Phantoms. I was going to say, Phantoms has got to be up there somewhere. I talk about that a lot. Oh, God. I love Ben Affleck, man. Not true. He's horrible in that. But Leave Schreiber is great. Well, that one I can say non sarcastically. (laughs) Leave Schreiber is amazing. Leave Schreiber is fantastic. But come on, who doesn't love Ben Affleck? Affleck. Everyone now. Doesn't he have weird tattoos now, like all over his back? God, I hope so. changed after Jen. Well, they're back together, right? Both Jens. Oh, are they? Oh, I I shouldn't talk bad then. Yay. Are they back together? I thought so. She's too good for him. I get my news (laughs) from the checkout counter at the grocery store when I'm like scanning the the star people. I saw one today with Brad Pitt on the cover and it said Jen's making his life a living hell. Or Angelina, not Jen. See, I'm thinking of the other Jen. No, Angelina is making his life a living hell right now. You know, speaking of them being in contact, I wouldn't be mad about it because Angelina and Brad didn't work out. Jen didn't work out with What's-His-Face, Justin, Justin Throw. So, like, come back together, guys. We all hope for it. I do miss the hair that he had with Jennifer Aniston. Like the spiky blonde? Ooh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, and when he but was he's in, like, his old. fight club he's body. He's too old. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> he can't get back to that. I know, There's no but going back remember to that. how beautiful. That was insane. That was the most insane okay, thing I've ever seen. I was just one of a moment. I actually have a lot of saliva in my mouth after thinking of him <laughs> in Fight Club. I'm like about to start drooling, actually. You need a bucket. <laughs> He's so beautiful. He's he spittoon. <laughs> I actually just got really hot, too. And I think it's because we started talking about Brad Pitt's Fight Club body. Woo! And the thing is, I don't really like muscular men. But he was like... 
beyond he muscular. He wasn't even just like a big buff dude. He was like lean and had abs. What was he happening was right here? Because Eight it pack. wasn't like abs. <laughs> they were like flat abs. Yeah, he was like, he was toned without being like disgusting gym douchebag, you know? Yeah. I was more into Meatloaf in that movie. I mean. Bitch Tits Bob. Oh my God. Love, Love Meatloaf. His name was Robert well. Paulson, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anywho. Anyway, <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, What's Hinduism, this I think. I <laughs> so, <laughs> where was I? Oh, this is okay. So, Hinduism, on the other hand, believes in dying and being reborn on Earth as another person or animal. Okay. Um, they are oh, also animal. devout believers in karma which I'll get to very quickly. They don't believe in a permanent version of heaven or hell, but that souls are constantly in and out of both by way of the lives that they live and the karma that they obtain. So even gods in Hinduism die once their karmic merit runs out. I didn't know that. Like, what are they doing? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's crazy. What are the gods doing? That their karmic, I know, that their merit runs done? out. He was kind of a half-ass god. Like his heart <laughs> yeah, wasn't he really was a in bit, it. He was a derelict. <laughs> so their reincarnation is endless to the soul until the soul gains what's called moksha, which is believed to be a state of utter bliss and releases them into the universe, much like Buddhism. They call it nirvana. Mm. Um, if you've heard, have you heard of nirvana? It was a band. The band. Oh you yeah. Know. Smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah. Nirvana, the band, they died in 1994. All of them? All of them, I think. Yeah, sounds right. They lived in Washington, D.C. So there are a ton (laughs) of religions that believe in reincarnation in one form or the other. And even if the religion as a whole doesn't believe in it, there are sects of those religions that do. Like I said earlier, like Jewish people don't believe in reincarnation. But... Kabbalists? Madonna. Madonna does. The cool ones. Is she still into Kabbalah? I know nothing about Madonna. Oh, well, remember when she wore like the little red thread around her wrist? It was like a whole thing because everyone was like, what is this? I remember when she played on a women's baseball team. And that's about all I know about the peaches. (laughs) Yeah, the Rockford peaches, I think. The Rockford peaches. Mm -hmm. She was a great ball player. Girls can't play ball. (laughs) Girls can't play ball. Even, oh, this is interesting. Even Islam has an order called the Sufi Islam that believe in reincarnation. So Mm. literally every single religion in the world, some part of that religion believes in a process of reincarnation. So I thought that was pretty fascinating. Yeah. Devout religious purists, though, say that the belief in reincarnation is appealing because it lets the person know that they'll have another chance. Like, they'll be able to get away with a little more because they won't be judged after one lifetime alone. But that's not exactly true if you look at it. So if you if you take away the Christian idea of heaven and hell, because the Christian idea of heaven and hell, it's like they found a way to teach it to young little babies. And then that's how they all believe in it. It's like Mm -hmm. heaven is up in the clouds Mm -hmm. with a God that looks like Santa yeah. And hell is down in the earth. Under the and ground it's like and a it's fire. fire. And our little red guy with a pitchfork. Yes, exactly. But if, you, uh-huh. but if you think of it that way, like after we leave our physical body, we can't feel physical pain. So being tossed into a fire, it's not a literal fire. 
it's it's like a, an emotional and a mental fire. Mm-hmm. It's it's a mental anguish. It's not a physical you're anguish. You're not being burnt. Your body isn't being Your body burned. isn't being burnt. Yeah. You don't have a body anymore. Right. Right. So I understand why they teach that to like children, but the fact that like adults, adults kind of believe grab that as well. And run yeah. With it. yeah. But that's kind of the idea when it comes to reincarnation that people don't understand how it's not just like, yeah, you can do whatever because you're just going to be born again. Hell can be and is for a lot of people on earth all the time. Yeah. Like imagine like what if hell, if reincarnation is real, heaven and hell can still exist. They just all exist here. So what if you're just born over and over again into the life of a drug addict mm-hmm. or into the oh life of someone who's constantly being abused or into like the same painful life? Yes, over life and, and life and escape. life that ends in suicide, suicide, Ugh. suicide. Like oh that God. is hell. hell. Yeah, that's absolutely hell. Mm-hmm. You can be in hell and still be a person for all eternity right. on Earth for yeah. all eternity. So. It does that's not true pain and anguish. Yeah, right that would be hell. Honestly, that seems like worse. I think mm-hmm. than, I mean, who oh, knows? definitely. I've never been thrown in a river of fire, so <gasps> that's true. <laughs> I think of the Black Mirror episode with John Hamm where Christmas, the, the Christmas, Christmas special. episode. I guess I won't spoil, even though again it's older, so you should have seen it by now. But like how it ends <laughs> with, okay, that's it. You yes, know what I mean. exactly. <laughs> that would be hell. Do you know what she means? Totally. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know what you mean. You should watch it. It's depressing. It's so good. I, it's, it's the so most depressing thing I've ever seen. I am under the uh, category of viewers who watched the very first Black Mirror oh, episode. No, no, you can't. No. Be- that's oh, what everybody no. says. But man, did that stick with me? Here's the that's thing. That was my husband. I showed him that one. My mistake. And he's like, Nope, I'll never watch this again. They're not all like that. I no. did watch the second one. I think where they're like running on credits and like oh, on treadmills. I love that one, but that's really sad too. American, yeah, it's just a bummer. Oh, yeah, that they There's all a are. There's they're a sadness kind of a to them. <laughs> yeah, they are. But there are cool. some that are like the first one is insanely dark. It's to a next level. It's just grotesque. It's, it's I gross. wouldn't even call it. Well, I guess yeah, definitely it dark, is dark, but it's, just but it's so disturbing. I. It's one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. I Which will never one? watch it again. The first episode. The very first one. The very first episode of Black Mirror. It's insane. I've never seen anything like it. It's amazing. I'll never watch it again. The yeah. best episode one, of television. Did you see the Parks the and Rec when they go to the snake hole and all get drunk? Oh, okay. That is my that is that favorite that episode. <laughs> Ron Swanson dancing with the tiny right? hat is beautiful. Everybody <laughs> instantly started picturing of all television. Baba Booey. Baba Booey. That is the best that episode the of television. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> Black Mirror is garbage and no one should ever watch it. <laughs> they should, should uh, only reshoot it all with the cast of Parks and Rec. <laughs> Parks and Rec. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Ooh, watching Ron Swanson dance with the little hat would be heaven. If you could watch that on loop yes, for the rest of your life. exactly. Oh, yeah. If you could live Anywho. a life where you could watch that every... Anytime you want. Right now, yeah. we're in heaven because we can just turn on Netflix, flip it on, and watch the guys. We've made episode. it. We're in heaven. We've, we've done, done it. it. <laughs> we did it. We were great. I never have bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to talk about too is the idea of karma, which again I, I keep comparing it to Christianity, mostly because that's what the three of us know the most about because yeah. we were raised in that world. Were you raised? I was Lutheran. Lutheran, me too. That's we went right. To the same because we sang in the same songs. <laughs> that too. The I am a C. 
I am a C-H. I am a C-H-R-E-S-T-I-A-N. I've started seeing that, but with uh, B-I-T-C-H. It doesn't really work as well, but that's what gets stuck in my head. I am a B-I. I'm a B-I-T-C-H. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, that's it. It's beautiful. It gets stuck in my head randomly. This is like, this isn't a real song, but I'm just singing over to myself. I just love that it's one of those songs where it's like the person who was writing it forgot how the song was going. Because once they get to the I will live eternally, it's like, and I will L I V E E T E R N A L L Y. And it's like, oh, where God. were you going with this? What have well, I and done? And they teach that to a bunch of like five year olds. So, like, it doesn't say, sound like right. It's just like, and it kind of reminds me of that John Mulaney joke about writing a happy birthday card. Yes. How it's like you always start out with like a big ass H and then you're and like, then you oh, always have no. to squeeze it. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Tiny little. And then you go to the next line and you're like, oh, big ass B. Yeah. And then you're like, I didn't learn. <laughs> I did it uh. again. So anyways, karma is the sum of a person's actions in this and previous incarnations of your life. Kind of like the Christian act of sinning. It's the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people actually, this is really, a lot of people who have experienced near death experiences say that the worst part was having to feel everything you ever made anyone else feel. Yikes. Jeez. So did you break someone's heart? You have to feel that pain. Did you murder someone? You have to feel that pain. And that is like the sum of your karma or the sum of your sins. But then on the plus side. So like if you made someone feel loved, you get to feel that. Yes. Okay. So it goes both ways. So it goes both ways. That's nice. So at the end of your life. That sounds fair. It does. It. I mean, that is very fair. But yeah, I just think of like. Even things where I didn't mean to hurt someone, yeah. but I still did by a small or action. Or you like hurt like, someone's feel, feelings. Yeah, like the exclusion or yeah, having a heart broken. Woo! It's rough. Yeah, that's tough. And I don't know if it was like, you know, I, I'm talking about this as if like it's 100% real and it's going to happen <laughs> to all of us. But I was going to say, I don't know if it's the same with like Christianity because like the sins are different. Like in, Like karma is kind of like be nice to people. You know, and Christianity is too. It's kind of the golden rule, like do unto others as right. you but would then do unto yourself. Like, don't eat fish on Friday, or like don't eat pork yeah, on then Friday. There's like yeah. all these yeah. added. Rules is it that don't make eat no fish sense, on but... Fridays or don't eat pork? I'm not Catholic. I just know there's something about. Fish. I don't I know, was, but I, mean, I do know anymore. that you I can Catholic, eat. But I don't remember that there are fish fries because yeah. I went to a hell a ton of those fish fries, and they were. Delicious. It's definitely during Lent. There's tons of rules about the meat that you can have, right? But, I but like, that's just it. Is a sin really that major? If right? Oh no, I ate this one thing. I'm gonna had suffer ham. for all eternity. Yeah, I had ham. I'm gonna burn. And with karma, it's just like just be nice to people. Yeah. Love. Just be nice. Just be nice, guys. What did I tell you? Bottom line. So that's the process in which you're being judged at the end, and you will be judged. And your next life will be chosen so you can learn the lessons in which you did not learn the last go around. Mm. So if you're a very, very selfish person in one incarnation, the next incarnation, you may be maybe get stuck with, I don't know, a narcissistic person. Mm. So you learn what it feels like to, to live be around a selfish, crazy. with a very selfish person. 
That's interesting. Then you learn like that, that lesson. Yeah. I know. Again, it's like, that sounds fair. That sounds super <laughs> that sounds totally fair. Yeah. I'm totally into this. Yeah. Yes. Guys, let's be Buddhist. This, this makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm going to convert. <laughs> Tina Turner Those did robes it, look so. comfy. <laughs> I, know. I know. Most of my clothes are basically Buddhist monk it's garbs. You're halfway like there. To loose fitting. <laughs> but how would you look in orange? <laughs> Oof. I don't look good in orange. I don't look, I don't look in, look orange. in orange. Yikes. But I have been thinking about starting my own cult. Ooh, do tell. Where we wear like more. teal. Ooh. Uh, do I have teal in here? Right? What would you call I this? Would classify Doesn't that. Look like bad. a tealish. Boy, nice teal. color. Tealish. It would be like the um my hair. The <gasps> Yes, Duh. just like we're your all hair. like, where's teal? Let's try and point it out. It's literally on Laura's head. <laughs> Laura's, For all Laura the viewers to see right now. <laughs> viewers, can um, you see it? It's pretty. Wild Wild Country. Duh. The Rajneeshis. It'll you be like the Rajneeshis, like but instead of like red and orange, it'll be like teals and gold. Gold. Ooh, I like teal, teal and gold. Pretty. That would be such a pretty commune. Right? <laughs> Those colors all mixed together. I love how we're picking our <laughs> cult colors. So obviously we're going to come back in a personal hell of vanity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Let's pick out the rubs for our cult ladies. Yay. So we've been talking a lot about religion. We're talking about Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism. Now say you don't believe in God at all. Um, say you're an atheist. Atheists can actually still believe in reincarnation. An atheist is simply someone who does not believe in God or gods. Okay. So you can still believe in reincarnation as a natural occurrence. So you'd have to take out all the judgment stuff, all the lessons being learned and, and things like that. But it could technically happen naturally especially if you focus on einstein's theory of conservation of energy which we talked about that whatever energy that occurs to keep us animated and alive cannot be destroyed in death it would make sense that our energy would be absorbed by a nearby life form mm -hmm. but the problem with proving any theories on reincarnation is simply that we can't even prove that we have a soul much less understand the human consciousness very true so you know, there have been scientific studies done, which we're going to talk about now, but there's no way to prove, for example, like when a baby is growing inside of you, when does consciousness occur? Mm -hmm. We know when like the lungs form, we know when toesies come out, but we cannot say consciousness occurs at seven right months. Here. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there's no way to, I mean, we can't even concur that like consciousness happens once the baby is born mm -hmm. it could be like age one right well because you, know you think I mean? of how you have no memories or yeah. anything so i yeah. mean not what that that's necessarily tied together but yeah. yeah what is consciousness what is consciousness the definition is, is like self-aware and babies aren't really self-aware no. no so you could unless oh you watch look who's talking <gasps> <laughs> You're because right. Bruce Willis, baby, is totally <laughs> self-aware. That's right. Right away. What was I you're thinking? You're right. We're wrong. Or what you're wrong. thinking. Look who's talking showed us the way. <laughs> Look who's talking really <laughs> taught me everything I need to know about babies. It is interesting. <laughs> and John Travolta. You get their John Travolta. It's interesting that we can't remember anything. I mean, I guess some people are like, oh, I remember something from when I was three. I don't think I remember anything before, like, four. I I truly can't. Like, why are we able to talk and form sentences at age two, but we don't remember it? That's what's driving yeah. me crazy. And, you know, if you look at animals, like, does Gabby have a consciousness? Right. Is she aware of what she is? Mm-hmm. 
I am a kitty cat. I'm a kitty cat. I bite Lauren. I bite Lauren's leg. (laughs) Anyway, so we are now going to talk about scientific studies because there have been scientific studies done on reincarnation. It's not just a bunch of witches and warlocks that talk about it and Buddhists. I shouldn't call them witches and warlocks. but (laughs) Well, and it's actually kind of interesting. You guys were talking about um, not having memories of two uh, or three because what I found in my research, um, I did. I went very scientific. Again, to reiterate, living with the atheist, it kind of makes me do that. Sure, sure. A lot of research has been done and in most cases, it's found in children between the ages of two and seven. See what? Yes. And I'll just get, leave that there as a little teaser as I get into it. Yes. How, where, what? Researchers at the University of Virginia have studied young children's reports of past life memories for the last like 54 years. Oh, wow. The most well-known being even Steve. Even Steven. Even Steven. I'm so sorry. The Nickelodeon sh- Disney, Disney, Disney Channel. Channel. I am Come so on. sorry. I it was even Stevens. Uh, no, it was Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Shia. Uh, being Ian Stevenson. Uh, Ashley yes. has the book right there. Hello. He is the king. Yeah, no, he's great. He started back in the 1960s. And in his career, he researched, documented, and discovered over 2,500 cases worldwide of reincarnation. The easiest to find are in cultures with beliefs in reincarnation. And in places that have produced the most cases include India, Sri Lanka, Turkey, Lebanon, Thailand, and Myanmar. Which some people would say that that discredits... This sort of, however, I was going to say cases have been found where everyone, anyone has looked for them, including all the continents, like they're mainly heavy in those areas, but that's just because in those religions, in those areas, they believe in reincarnation. So if a child was to come forward saying, I think I'm somebody else, they'd go, oh, that makes sense. Oh, who do you think you are? We're in Western cultures and European cultures. Uh, Stevenson published a book of European cases and numerous cases have been found in the United States as well. But in the West, it seems to be less common because some parents are reluctant to disclose, even to close friends and families in times, what their children have said. Because They're it's just, probably embarrassed and yeah. thinking, hey, my kid's crazy. Well, the thing is, they if the kid's enough. like, mommy, once I was an astronaut, they're like, great. Yes, that's, that's you were. You were an astronaut. Anytime you want to be, just Doesn't think, get of, taken just seriously. imagine it. Yeah. A lot of these, like, they go into it with a skeptical mind. This guy, Ian Stevenson, I'm going to struggle saying his name the whole We can't just call him Even Stevens. We do that all the time. We We just make up names. Even Stevens. He took a very analytical approach to these cases. Psychiatrist Tara Leaf later described him as a methodical, careful, and even cautious investigator whose personality is on the obsessive side. Uh, He never assumed he knew the cause of the cases, but would simply work to determine precisely what the facts of each case were. He made no grand claims about the work and indicated by the title of his first book, 20 Cases of Suggestive Reincarnation. See, I like that. Yeah. Straight up like, hey, these are the facts. Yeah, Yeah, I will tell you, 
this is not a fun book to read. This is not fantastical in any way. Yeah. It is a literal Straight textbook. Up mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the like Journal schoolwork. of American Medical Association reviewed his book and stated, in regards to reincarnation, he has a painstakingly and an unemotional collected and detailed series of cases <laughs> yeah. in which the evidence is difficult to explain on any other grounds. Mm-hmm. So they're basically saying it's really boring. Yeah. But, but it's what I kind of believe cool. in what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm buying it because what the hell else is going on? Right. And a lot of these cases, these children will claim to be somebody else. And most of them, okay, cool kid. Like, sure. we heard your story. Your parents can corroborate it. It's very strange, but we have no proof. Yeah. There are cases, though, where kids will get very specific of where they once lived, who their families were, uh, what killed them. A lot of times the deaths that they remember are unexplained or like just horribly violent, something like that. Um, Kind of seems like a ghost with unfinished business. Yeah. Or, you know, think about having time to prepare for your death Mm -hmm. and accepting it and having your life literally like ripped away from you in like some tragic or violent situation. Right. It would be like slowly laying down on the ground or having the rug pulled out and hitting the ground. Like, which one is going to be worse? (laughs) So typical features in these cases, the subjects tend to be young children, like I said. They typically begin describing a previous life when they are two or three years old, and they usually stop by age six to seven. They make statements spontaneously without the use of hypnotic regression. They also describe ordinary lives, usually in the same country. The one part of the life that is often out of the ordinary, like I said, is the mode of death, as 70% of the deaths are by unnatural means. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's a lot. And it must have something to do with the fact that it was shocking. Oh, yeah. yeah. That they remember it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some subjects have reported being deceased family members, whereas others say they were strangers in another location. If they give enough details, such as name of that location, then people have often gone there and identified a deceased individual, the previous personality whose life appears to match the statement that the child made. When the cases are investigated, history is obtained from as many people as possible. This includes the children if they're willing or able to talk. Uh, sometimes they're like they're yeah. toddlers; they can barely. They don't a really understand right. why this. Weird um, man as well is as in parents who have heard the children describing past life memories. The other side of the case is then investigated. The previous family is interviewed to determine how accurate the child's statements are for the life of the previous personality. Attempts are made to obtain autopsies or medical records of the previous personalities if they are relevant. If the two families have not met, tests can also be conducted to see if the subject can recognize people from the previous life. Oh, wow. Like, they're very... There's not really a control for this, so it's hard to make it scientific. But this guy uh, really went in with how factual can we make this. Well, the thing that you can prove is whether or not they're lying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you can prove that they're lying, case closed. If you can't prove that they're lying, then what else is going on? Right. You know what I mean? Then let's dig a little deeper and see what this could be. And like for the skeptics out there, I found these really two interesting quotes. One from a previous topic, Nikola Tesla. I know he was kind of going 
crazed balls at the end of his poo-poo platform over there. <laughs> oh, but can I just take a moment to say that I really want that poop machine? Yes. Oh I would die for that do. poop machine. We I've been constipated for two it. days. Why <laughs> hasn't somebody patented that yet? And just we like all have You know the United States where it government needs to come out has need those it. blueprints. Oh my gosh. I know. It's perfect. There's a way. Come on, the government. Do something, right? But the thing is, is like it probably makes you poop, but you also grow like a third ear. <laughs> yeah, like there's a side effect we haven't heard about. It might be worth where it grows. But, uh, <laughs> Very true. Your that vagina turns into an point. ear instead. <laughs> ah, I don't like <laughs> it. I'll get it pierced. <laughs> get a nice hoop ear. Yeah. But he is quoted saying, the day science begins to study the non-physical phenomena, it will make more progress in one decade than in all the previous centuries of its existence. Mm. He definitely was a believer in the non-physical, paraphysical, like what is energy, what is a soul, right. what can we not see? Yeah, I was going to say he had to have been just yeah. like with the things that he was able to discover about electricity mm-hmm. and like the natural energy in everything around us it's oh, like yeah. you have to believe in like you start you sensing stuff yeah that yeah. you can't see <laughs> you gotta come up with something but if he's a little too cuckoo for you you skeptics we can all trust carl sagan yes, yes. we can good old carl yes, sagan cosmos can. carl sagan he was very skeptical of non-mainstream work But he is quoted as saying there are three claims in paraphysiology, which, in my opinion, deserve serious study. Uh, He lists A, B, and the third being that young children sometimes report details of a previous life, which upon checking turn out to be accurate and which they could have not known about in any other way than reincarnation. Mm. The only person I I trust more than Carl Sagan is Mr. Rogers. Oh my God! Oh, so wonder if Mister Rogers ever had a quote it. on reincarnation. <laughs> oh my God! I highly doubt it, but maybe I'm going to go on the hunt. Oh my God, that'd be fantastic! Both so thread. I just wanted to lay down all that kind of scientific, like take this with a grain of salt, if you will, call yeah. it reincarnation or not. Mm-hmm. But I have some very creepy, spooky, sticky, whatever you guys <laughs> stories. All the words. Yeah, some of like the main highlights. So uh, right now, the leading professor in, uh, he's actually Ian Stevenson's predecessor at the University of Virginia. Wait, who's? Even Stevens. Dr. Jim Tucker, or Professor Jim Tucker, he has been studying this for quite a while now and has kind of picked up where Stevenson left off. Is Love he American? It. Were I they American? So. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, that is a great. They're from question. the University of Virginia. I'm not okay. sure about uh, Ian Stevenson. That makes sense. Oh yeah, University Press of Virginia, Charlottesville. Nice. There you go, Jim yeah. Tucker. I actually was kind of like amazed where I found this. Uh, he did like an NPR interview in 2014. Yeah. And Uh-oh. if you can't trust NPR, <laughs> who can, who can who you trust? Can you trust? Oh, we already covered this, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> and Carl, Carl Sagan. Sagan. <laughs> so he encountered this boy named James. James is the son of a Christian couple in Louisiana. And when he was little, he loved his toy planes. But also around the time of his second birthday, um, he started having horrific nightmares four or five times a week of being in a plane crash. During the day, he would talk about this plane crash and said that he had been a pilot and that he had flown off a boat. Over time, his dad would ask him questions, and he asked him the name of the boat, to which James replied, Natoma. 
He then said he had been shot down by the Japanese, that he had been killed at Iwo Jima, and that he had a friend on the boat named Jack Larson. Very specific. This kid is two. Right. So So it's like, Jack Larson. I would be having a heart attack if my little two-year-old was like, Jack Larson, my friend on the boat. If my two-year-old was like, in Iwo Jima, I'd be like, excuse me? How do you even know what that is? I don't even know if I take them to a doctor. I just sprint out of the house screaming. Well, they ended up taking him to this guy, Jim Tucker. Jim Tucker. And he's, yeah, he started doing (laughs) research looking into it. It turns out there was an aircraft carrier uh, called the USS Natoma Bay that was stationed in the Pacific during World War II. In fact, it was involved in Iwo Jima and lost one pilot there. Who? (laughs) Who was it? A young man named James Huston. So they have the same name, James and James. James James Huston's plane crashed exactly the way that James, I don't want to say his last name just in case, but James L. will say, had described. Uh, Got hit in the engine, exploding into fire, crashing into the water, and quickly sinking. And when that happened, the pilot of the plane next to his (gasps) was Jack Larson. Shut your damn mouth. How? And And this wasn't like... This wasn't a story that would have been in history books. No. I mean, enough so that they could go and look. Where was there a boat in Natoma? Okay, let's pull up the registry of the right. USS Natoma. Right, you have to Natoma. take a lot of research. You yeah, have to take a lot of work with to this find that information. Plus, yeah. I guess I don't know a lot of people with kids, so I don't really know what age two is, but are they reading history books at age no. two? No. no. This would have no. to be a parent's did all this research right. to like... Yeah, and they're like saying it to say, the child over and say over. Iwo say Iwo Jima. Say And the yeah. kid's like, Fraggle Rock. And, and they're yeah. like, no! <laughs> <laughs> Started at a very young two, they stress. And like with most of these cases, it faded away by the time he was five or six, which is typical. That's nutty that it fades. It's, it's like when right, it's they, almost like they're first born and the memory is so fresh because it just happened. The memory is so fresh, and then like once we start making our own, once you start preschool, once you start venturing out of the house, happening. Yeah, he said a, t- a lot of times <laughs> when they start school, <laughs> like they'll start making their own memories, and it all kind of starts to fade away. Um, you guys want another one? Yes, yes, okay, yes. Cool. Uh, I've nicknamed them in my notes. I called this one Ryan Hollywood. Ooh. Um, (laughs) Like Paul Hollywood on the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, right? (laughs) Or the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, that's innocent. What's his name? Something Paul Hollywood. Paul Hollywood. (laughs) God, he's the best. Love him. Love him so much. Okay, so Ryan's story begins when he was four. When he was experiencing frequent horrible nightmares. It always starts with nightmares. Poor kids. Ryan would wake up in the middle of the night screaming and clutching his chest saying that he dreamed his heart had exploded when he was in Hollywood. In Hollywood. When he turned five, he made an announcement to his mother. Uh, He told her, I used to be somebody else. Hmm. Which would be break my heart. He would often talk about quote, going home to Hollywood. He said he remembered a big white house and a swimming pool that was many miles from his Oklahoma home. He said he had three sons but couldn't remember their names and he would begin to cry, um, asking his mother over and over why he couldn't remember their names. He told detailed stories about meeting stars like Rita Hayworth, dancing in Broadway productions, and working for an agency where people would frequently change their names. He even remembered that the name of the street he used to live on had the word rock in it. 
Ryan's mother, Cindy, said that his stories were so detailed and they were so extensive that it just wasn't like a child could have made it up. Yeah. Uh, so Cindy decided to check out some books about Hollywood from her local library, just kind of wanted to indulge it, thinking maybe something would catch her son's attention, and it did. I have a picture here. They're flipping through the book, and all of a sudden, Ryan saw this picture and says, Mom, that's me. <sighs> the picture was from a film called Night After Night, and the man was Marty Martin, who had been a movie extra and later became a powerful Hollywood agent before passing away in 1964. Okay. Now, here's the weird thing. I didn't include this, but when I was researching it, this is another one who went to Jim Tucker, the doctor, and he helped them research it. So when they found this picture, he's uncredited. They looked up the movie Night After Night. He's just an, un- name's not yeah, he's an uncredited extra. So Jim Tucker actually went through the research and like in two weeks he found, okay, this guy is this Marty is Martin. Is. And uh, Martin <laughs> had in fact danced on Broadway, worked at an agency where stage names were often created for new clients, traveled over- overseas to Paris, and lived at 825 North Roxbury Drive. <gasps> I was trying to think of a street with a rock in Los Angeles when you were saying that. In Beverly Hills. So he was doing all right. These were all the details that Ryan was able to communicate to Tucker before they learned the identity of who he described. The most remarkable still is the fact that Ryan knew Martin had two sisters. But when they actually, they got in touch with Martin's daughter. Mm -hmm. Martin's own daughter didn't know that. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, they actually like contacted his daughter and was like, hey, this is going to sound really weird, but Kimberly, bring this kid to meet you. Yeah. And he instantly knew who she was. He was talking about stuff that like only her dad would know. He remembers like in detail their maid and his wife. And they said these are just a few of 55 incredible facts that Ryan can remember from his previous life as Marty Martin. And though he ages, his memory becomes increasingly dim. So he's losing these He's memories. starting to lose it. Mm-hmm. What did Marty die from? Heart attack. That was the, he was He said, my heart exploded in Hollywood. And my heart was exploding. Oh, Where did he gosh. live? Uh, in America. Obviously. In America. I think. This one doesn't say. No, it doesn't say. It probably says somewhere. I just didn't think to write that down. Oh, no, that's okay. I just didn't know if it was close to Hollywood. Like or if you would have known Hills. anything about it. Oh, no. I'm just wondering, like, when we're thinking of, like you were saying earlier, when uh, reincarnation cases, like most of them take place within the same country. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I and mean. I was just kind of wondering what space had to do with re- who you get right. reincarnated well, as. Well, when I was doing research, there were, they say most of the time it's your own country, but like there were a lot of ones that they found over east, like where a big battle had been fought in World War II and a lot of Japanese soldiers died that wasn't in Japan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of cases, they were Japanese soldiers. So that's one of the times when like- It was completely somewhere else? Yeah, it was just completely somewhere else. Interesting. I have one more- do it this one they've noticed like there's always the memories you can always go back and kind of trace that stuff there's also one other eerie fact when it comes to children and reincarnation and that is birthmarks oh yes so apologies in advance for the pronunciations but chennai chimali wong a boy from thailand when he was three years old he began saying that he had a teacher named bu kwai 
who had been shot and killed one day as he rode his bicycle to school. I'm sorry, not that he had a teacher, that he, he had was been a teacher. A teacher. Oh, wow. a teacher. Um, uh, named Boyqua, who was Oy. shot and killed when he rode to school. He begged to be taken to his parents, that is, Boyka's parents, and he named the village where he said they lived. Eventually... He and his grandmother took a bus that stopped in a town near that village. His grandmother reported that after they got off the bus, Chennai led her to a house where an older couple lived. Chennai appeared to recognize the couple, who were the parents of Bu Kwa. Again, I really can't say this name. Hey, I think I've said it different honestly, every single time. I think time. it's sounding really good. Thank <laughs> you so much. I'm believing it. They were his parents, a teacher who had been shot and killed on the way to school five years before Chennai was born. No autopsy report was available for Bukwai, so Stevenson interviewed witnesses who saw the body. His widow reported that the doctor involved in the case said that her husband had been shot from behind because the small round wound on the back of his head was a typical entry wound, whereas the larger, more irregularly shaped wound on his forehead was typical of an exit wound. Okay. Chennai was born with two birthmarks a small round birthmark on the back of his head and a larger, more irregularly shaped one towards the front. That boy, oh is boy. That what a fucking coincidence. That's and this was what crazy. year? This one was one of Stevenson's cases. So this, so this was, was like back earlier. in the 60s. 60s, 70s. So, mm-hmm. And the thing about that is they did not have Google. No. Yeah. They did not have a way to like research these things to be like, mm-hmm. hmm, I think yeah. I'm going to like get notoriety for saying that I'm a dead guy. Right. Yeah. Also, me, I'm two. <laughs> yeah, let me, a two-year-old, <laughs> figure out what town is next to me. Let, let me, me just type pick it. these people at random and see if they'll go along with it. We type it into um, the Google it doesn't exist and learn how to read a newspaper. <laughs> learn how to read. Yeah. Uh, there is a disclaimer at the end of all this research when I was looking at Jim Tucker. Um, it's very difficult just to map these cases onto a materialist understanding of reality. If like the physical world, physical matter is all there is, then I don't know how you can accept these cases and believe in them. But I think this is him talking to. But I think there are good reasons to think that consciousness can be considered a separate entity from physical reality. And in fact, some leading scientists in the past, like Max Planck, who was the father of quantum theory, uh, said that he viewed consciousness as fundamental and that matter was derived from it. So in that case, it would mean that consciousness would not necessarily be dependent on a physical brain. Yep. And that's all this is. It's a belief in the paraphysical realm, whether you Mm -hmm. want to call it a soul, whether you want to call it a consciousness or just energy being returned to the universe. There's something that carries memory with it. Yeah. From before you were born. Yes. Yeah. Which is from another life, another universe, another. Yeah. Another dimension. Who fucking knows? We don't even know. I shouldn't curse God's listening. I, <laughs> while we're on the subject of just like children. Yeah. With these memories. Can I read my submissions? Yeah. Please, my little please. submissions. Okay. So I had written a thing on my favorite website, Reddit. Love and it. I basically said, you know, I was doing an episode on reincarnation and I asked people if they had any stories, people with children. Mm-hmm. Do you have any stories of like them saying things that led you to believe that reincarnation is real or that they had been reincarnated? And I got one, two, three, four, five really good ones. I got a ton, but I got five really good ones that I want to share with you. 
one person said I didn't write down any names because I didn't have yeah. time to be right. like, will you allow Can me to use your, your name? So person number one <laughs> said, getting my two and a half year old daughter out of the bath one night, my wife and I were briefing her on how important it was that she kept her privates clean. She casually replied, oh, nobody scroofs me there. They tried one night. They kicked the door in and tried, but I fought back. I died and now I'm here. She said it like it was nothing. What the fuck? Two and a half years old. Talking about her private area. Oh my gosh, I never want my kid to say anything like that. But then again, at least you know she was a badass in her previous life. That's true. Like, oh, they they tried. tried. (laughs) They tried it one time. (laughs) They were dead. Now I'm dead. I mean, as far as like past lives go that you can be like stuck with. Sure, sure, I mean, sure. She was a badass. But yeah. oh my gosh, she my jaw good. would just hit the floor. I think I would accidentally drop my child back into the bath because I'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. But the second one, and I lied, I have four, not five. The <gasps> second one is while playing classroom with my three year old brother, he made an offhand comment about being in my mother's belly twice. I was amused and I said, oh, really? And he proceeded to tell me in amazing detail of being inside our mother. He told me about it being warm and that he liked it, but he always felt sick. And one day he got so sick that they came and told him he had to leave and he didn't want to. So they promised him that he would get to come back again and come back to our mom. So he left and they let him come back again. And this time he didn't feel sick. I lost my fucking mind and I started (laughs) screaming for my mother. He told her the same story then. And after she finally stopped crying, we... We're allowed to talk about it. I was 10 and I was old enough to remember that my mother had a miscarriage about a year before my brother was born. Mm. Side note, I'm not religious, but my brother always kind of makes me wonder. Oh, my God. That's nuts. There were several submissions of people saying, you know, to their mother that they remembered being in her belly mm-hmm. and that like they weren't there anymore, but they they made it back to her. Oh, my and God. And that mother being like. Holy, Holy crap. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick, Aww. there was one I read where a little girl like was really attached to her swimming coach because she used to be in her tummy is what she told her mom. So she thought that she was the miscarried baby of her swim coach. Of her swim coach. Whoa. So like she was very attached to her and like would sometimes spend the night at her house and finally her parents were like, No, this is too weird. Yeah. And they took her away and like it was a bad falling out and they lost connection with the swim teacher and the little girl didn't talk for like four and a half months. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. But yeah, she's had that same thing of saying, I remember being in her tummy. That just gives me all the feels. As I bizarre know. as it is, that's like so emotional and I know. sweet. I like to it's think a- that a miscarried baby does get another chance. That's such a nice yeah. thing. Yeah. Am I going to cry? <laughs> Am I it's crying fine. right now? <laughs> the next one. When my nephew was three or four, He would stare at the window in my parents' kitchen. One day, my mom asked him what he was looking at, and he said, When I lived here before, my name was Alphonse, and I was bigger than you. I like that name. What a name. Right? Sexy name. (laughs) You should have made my name Alphonse, parents. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name was Alphonse, and I was bigger than you. My mom was slightly creeped out and eventually told my stepdad. My stepdad just kind of blinked and said, Hmm, that was my grandfather's name, but we don't talk about him. So the kid all of a sudden was like, when I lived here before, this was my name and I was bigger than you are. And it happened to be the name of 
his stepdad. Anyways. Wow. Gross. This is the last one. I really like this one. I don't know why. <laughs> this person sent this in. This was them that said this. And their parents t- talk about it all the time. Their family members talk about it all the time. So they said, I don't remember doing this, but the story from my family is as follows. My family has a house on a small island on a lake in central Canada where my grandfather, who I never met, he died less than a month before I was born, used to spend his summers with his family. We went out to visit one year for the first time when I was five or six. After getting off the boat, I immediately took off running up the path to my house. My parents chased after me and I ducked behind a small shed just off the main path. My mom asked what I was doing, to which I answered, When I was older, I used to smoke here. My mom told everyone at dinner what I said, and everyone got pretty freaked out because my grandpa used to steal cigarettes from his dad and go hide behind that shed and smoke when he was a teenager. Oh, Oh my God. So he literally, like, ran up to this place, had never been there before, ran up, like, didn't know where he was going, hid behind a shed and said, when I was older, I used to smoke here. Yeah. What a weird thing to say, but also that's hilarious. going to be predetermined? Like, he's just going to be a smoker now? He's got to be. Right? He's it's set be. in the stars. Yeah. Set in the stars. Bad habit, but you're going to look real cool for a while. Going to look badass behind <laughs> that shed. Behind that shed smoking those <laughs> non-filtered cigarettes. <laughs> That's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Everyone head over to Instagram and follow Laura at Laura LaRue. We tagged her in several posts if you are not sure about the spelling. And while you're there, follow us at Keep It Weirdcast and on our Facebook page, Keep It Weird weird join us next week as we continue this conversation and talk about some of the ways that reincarnation has been incorporated into therapy and you'll hear about transmigration of consciousness as i share one of the absolute craziest stories i've ever heard in my life check out our etsy page at www.etsy.com shop slash keep it weird podcast if you want to grab some sweet merch Check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to find ways you can donate to the show and get bonus minisodes and other content and bi-weekly newsletters that are full of horror movie news, trivia, and extra spooky stories. If you have any ghost stories of your own that you've been sitting on, now is the time to send them in because soon we are recording our Halloween edition of Listener Ghost Stories. It is going to be extra spooky. All right, ghoulies, continue to keep it weird, and I'll see you in another life when we are both cats. When we first started, we drank wine all the time. Yeah. But that was before, like, I had a job. Right. <laughs> so it was like, I could just get fucking shwasty. I could get, get like, drunk. toasted on a Wednesday. And it was fine. And yeah. I did oh, yeah. have a job, but I got drunk with her anyway. And You'd just... suffer through the headaches the next <laughs> day. Yep. It was worth it. Taught the children with a migraine. Taught it the was children. Fine. <laughs> Teach the children. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so much mystery. There's so God much damn it, Trevor. I'm, like, getting all fired up all over again. <laughs>